Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring them The championship run deep in our vein. The entertainment rolling real cause it's all in the game. Who else you know around the city doing it better than this? Just say look at this. You can look around who better than this. Nobody. Who your team, the Blazers, the Knicks, the Wizards, the Clippers, the Patriots, the Cowboys, Clippers, Tigers, the Chickens. USC, Gamecock, Shamrock, know what it is, man. Triple left a new podcast. Just join the game plan. Come on, come on. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts, Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe. Hello, and welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast. I hope you guys have enjoyed your week. This week is going to be a big one for all you fantasy football fiends out there. Obviously, the NFL draft, the 2022 prospects are going to land in their prospective spots. And we are going to do a little bit of prognostication telling you where these guys should land based on their talent. Then we're going to have a show next week kind of telling you now that they've landed wherever they've landed, how we feel about their future prognosis. As always, you got your favorite fantasy football fiend with you here, Zay. And my main man, holla at the people, Young Vander. Fantasy fiends, what's going on out there? And my guy, little bro, bro Joe. Holla at the people, bro Joe. What's going on, fantasy fiend family? All right, so. Speaking of the draft, right now, it's looking like the majority of the NFL teams are attempting to avoid the draft, at least avoid uh, avoid those high draft picks that you're going to end up having to pay quite a bit to that they aren't quite sure of. Um, According to Adam Schefter, a good bit of uh, NFL teams in the top 15 are trying to move to the back half of the draft where you're going to end up having to pay those guys a little bit less money and you don't, it's a little bit more forgiving, if you will. People don't really talk about the mistakes you made at the end of the first half of the draft, but when you make those mistakes as a GM at the top half of the draft, it tends to be a little bit more costly, but it seems like this draft, just like this off season is going to be a bit different. Um, what do you guys, what, what's your take on, on this week's upcoming draft? Just the overall view. I know we're going to get into the individuals here in just a second, but, what do you guys think about this draft overall? Um, with this draft, you have, I don't really want to say the term top heavy, but you have like maybe one or two transcending players and then everybody else is even. That's why you see a lot of teams maybe trying to fall back because whether I get this wide receiver from Alabama or this wide receiver from Ohio State, they're damn near the same guy. Like there's no one person kind of like sticking out in the bunch. They all kind of clustered. So when we have a clustered draft, whether I'll get my guy at six, I'll probably get somebody similar to her, similar to him at 11 or 13. You know what I mean? So a lot of teams want to go back, collect more picks, uh, more ammunition for later in the draft. I mean, some good talent in this draft, but this is one of those drafts where you have one or two guys that's like elite level, then everybody else is kind of like still good, but they're just kind of all on the same level. If that makes sense. No, I completely agree and, and get where you're coming from. What's really said in this draft, not in a halt, but a standstill is, though they have Adam Hutchison and Thibodeau rated the top two players, there's technically not a consensus number one player because technically they got you can have Evan Neal, uh, Fuanu, I don't want to butcher his name, another tackle uh, could be considered the number one player. And then if you look the at the boy Neal, from Georgia too. 
Yeah, your boy Trayvon Walker. Yeah, yep, exactly. That's yep. Yeah, and if you look at that needs, Jacksonville doesn't really need a defensive end, and I think that's where the complications is. Like these top five teams don't really need one of the consensus top players. So that's why a lot of people are trading back. Uh, minus the Giants, everybody else really is a coin. Well, Texans need to get a defensive end. So, but other than those in the top ten, you're looking at. They really don't have to be there. I think that's the the big holdup. Well, this week is definitely going to tell the tale. We will know sooner than later at this point. And is it just me or is this offseason with all the action that's going on? It feels like the NFL is playing fantasy and this offseason is just jetting by. It's crazy. At any rate, we're going to go ahead and hop into your news. Wasn't quite as much news going on over the last week, but just a few pieces moving here and there or a few thoughts that have been thrown out there. We'll quickly get through that and then we'll hop right into your quarterback and running back prospects. But let's go ahead and hop right into your news. And now your fantasy news. All right, let's hop right into your news for this week. As I said, not very many eye-popping topics from the news, so we're going to run right through this, and we will start with what happened literally right after the show last week. Not in order of importance, but just kind of based on the timeline. So you had Miles Boinkin, who used to be a Baltimore Raven. He was picked up by the Pittsburgh Steelers, so they have a replacement possibly for either Ray Ray McLeod or Washington. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo continues to rehab his shoulder. Baker Mayfield obviously um, absent from voluntary programming. Also, the Panthers, who were one of the two teams that were seen as being the uh, guys that were going to kind of go out and go after him. The Panthers are now saying that it's unlikely that they're going to go after him, which kind of leaves pretty much only the Seahawks. We'll kind of see how that goes. Maybe there's a dark horse team that comes out of nowhere. I still think Atlanta should go after him. Mariota gets hurt all the time, so better to have him kind of waiting in the wings than to need someone and them not know the playbook. Speaking of Carolina, Sam Darnold is still considered to be the starter. As of right now, prior to the draft and prior to any other maneuvers in the offseason, they're still looking at Sam Darnold, although we kind of Kind of got a feeling for what he's going to be and what he is, if you will. Irv Smith is on track for camp. Matthew Stafford says his arm is feeling good. Uh, so no inflammation, no issues going on there. Nikhil Harry of the Patriots wasn't present for a voluntary program. So it's been long stated that he was going to end up being traded, but it's just going to be a matter of to whom. And with this being such a heavy wide receiver draft, it's likely that it'll be after the draft whoever didn't get their guy that he'll end up moving on there if he ends up moving on at all or possibly getting cut we'll see how that goes speaking of young wide receivers we have Kadarius Tony who decided not to show up to voluntary uh, workouts now his team the New York Giants is shopping him around asking if anybody wants to take this problem off of their hands this is going to be interesting now you have a new coach you have a new GM they're going to attempt to set a new culture so Things like this won't necessarily be tolerated. Um, maybe, maybe that was something that he could have gotten away with last year, but they're looking to show off top no games will be played. Uh, you got Justin Fields, who's preparing for a new offensive system, and he finally came out and said, yeah, the last set of guys we had in here, it felt like they were trying to sabotage me. None of the plays, none of the playbook was anything that was designed to go along with my strengths. And the one thing that he is requesting, demanding, if you will, of the new coaching staff is that they do just that. 
do what makes sense for my skill set, which if I'm a GM, I mean, that, that kind of, if I'm a coach, that, that kind of makes all the sense in the world. Why would you kind of want to make your guy look worse than what he is? It seems to happen sometimes. It's like you, a lot of coaches try to fit a square peg in a round hole and hope for the best. Jarvis Landry is visiting the Saints. So Jarvis Landry may have a home pretty soon. And I think that that would be a great spot for him based on the wide receivers that they currently have. I know you guys have been following the Debo Samuel news. He wants to be traded. He told the 49ers, don't even bother offering me a contract. Whatever happened (laughs) with the 49ers and Debo, it sounds as if that bridge has been burnt. A lot of things can happen between now and August. But as of right now, it sounds as if that bridge has been burnt. And I can only imagine that it's going to be that much more difficult to get a deal done that both sides are going to be okay with if we're past the 2022 draft. So that's going to be interesting to see if anything happens between now and Thursday evening as far as Debo is concerned. Chris Carson, his career and this season is still very much up in the air. He's still dealing with that neck injury and the surgeries that came as a result of that. DK Metcalf still has no extensions in the works, so it's a possibility that he's still on the trade block, and they're still trying to see what's going to go on with that. I'm sure you guys saw the Kyler Murray scuttlebutt where he is either wanting to be traded or wanting a new contract. GM Steve Kine basically said, yeah, get over yourself. You're not going anywhere. And then he quickly changed his tune to, I I never want to leave Arizona. I want to win Super Bowls here. Um, So (laughs) yeah, that's pretty much what I thought would happen. If you call this bluff, he'll just end up folding. And he did. So good job there. Cam Akers is progressing back to being the starter for the Rams. It looks like his workouts are putting him in position that the injuries that he suffered won't be an issue this coming year, which may make him one of those running backs of value going forward. DJ Chark is already catching passes from golf. So looks like Jared Goff and DJ Chark are trying to get on the same page, make sure that they can do what they need to do this year. T.Y. Hilding is mulling over re-signing with the Colts, which they definitely still need a wide receiver two behind Pittman. Um, They need pass catchers in general. um, So we'll kind of see how that goes. Tom Brady restructured his contract as always to try to see if he can get another player or two in the fold or get another player or two paid this offseason. Not really news there because he's tends to do that every offseason. That pretty much covers your news. So let's go ahead and get into that rapid fire tip. And now, Rapid Fire 10. 10 quick questions, 10 quick answers. All right, let's get straight into it. A lot of these are draft questions or where will guys finish at the end of the season questions. Number one, who has a better year, Saquon Barkley or Ezekiel Elliott? I'm at the point now where I feel like people have gone too far left on Saquon. If the Giants handle their business As far as getting an O-line that can actually keep him and their quarterback upright and breathing, I think Saquon may mess around and end up being a value. And so the talent's there as long as he doesn't get injured. I'm going to bet on the fact that since this is the last year of his current contract, that even if he does get a little nicked up, he'll still play through it this year. So I think you're going to get more out of Saquon than you have in previous years, other than his rookie year, of course. So I would say Saquon as well, too. Um, I think... uh... I said it last year, but at some point he got to prove me right, and I think it might be this year. I think he's going to fit what the ball wants to do pretty well. He definitely is a value currently on a lot of rankings. I mean, they got this guy as the 22nd running back, which oh, wow. is am- amazing. Who's who's right in front of him? At, oh, well, if, if you have uh, it up. I don't know if you have it up. Uh, Jacobs. 
Jacobs is I I can I actually do like Jacobs better than him this year. Oh, for sure. But but, but I think Jacobs is a value too, and I think he's too far back. Right. But I mean, like and Saquon, he, he's come. He seems motivated. He was talking like he's just he's real hungry this year. He's ready to get back there and show what he can do. He should be fresh. To think about it, right? He has been, like you said, if they had the right offensive line, and they can come out motivated this year. But he's definitely a value falling late uh, in most drafts right now. Will Irv Smith finish a top five tight end? Top five? I don't think so. But top eight? Absolutely. I agree. He, I think top eight is a safe place to put him. But because they need a few more touchdowns and we're not seeing it from Thielen, I think that he might get more touchdowns to put him inside the five, possibly. I think they'll probably end up getting another wide receiver in this draft. Yeah, that's extremely possible. Hopefully, we'll see. I would move on from Thielen if I was them, to be honest with you. Yeah, they got Osborne and ISM, and obviously Thielen, mm-hmm. like you said, uh, we they've took TBD at this point. But will Sammy Watkins finish? This is an over under question, mm-hmm. and the number is eight touchdowns. All of these yeah, questions, I'm, I'm going to ask if I'm, I'm going to answer as if the player doesn't get hurt. Um, so if, right. if Sammy Watkins doesn't get hurt, I honestly believe he's going to be he, he's another huge value. You could probably get him with one of your last picks as long as news doesn't pick up in the offseason, you know, preseason about him. Right now, the Packers don't have but so many pass catchers. And Aaron Rodgers don't really deal with rookies all like that. If you're talking about the best route runner on the team, the guy that's going to be where he needs to be, also looking at the fact that he may now be the number one target versus when he was in Kansas City, he was like three, third or fourth on the list. I honestly believe that Watkins, barring injury, is going to be another one of those high value guys just out of necessity. They don't have enough people to put him on the back burner, even if they go get a couple of rookies in this draft. Yeah, I think that he's going to finish under eight. I'm on the opposite side where I feel like they are going to get him a rookie. I think it's a misconception that he he would he doesn't work well with rookies. He hasn't had the opportunity for them to get the one he wants. He was very very aware of the 2020 draft and knew of quite a few names in the draft, but unfortunately they did swing that way and they went and got uh, Jordan. And we see what that did with two MVPs later. All right. Would Devontae Parker finish a wide receiver too? Absolutely, he will. I'm not exactly sure what the what the nuances of the new offense may be, but if it's anything close to the Josh McDaniels offense that we've run forever in New England, then absolutely, because there there is no other top notch pass catcher right now. Your top notch pass catchers would be Parker and Hunter Henry. Um, you have Myers as your you know move the chain guy. You know in PPR he'll be a value because he's you can pick him at the you know tail end of the draft and he's going to put up consistent points um, just based on how the offense runs but I believe that they went out and got Parker for a reason you very rarely see Bill Belichick bring in a vet that he doesn't have a plan for the last receiver that that he brought in that there wasn't a plan for was probably like Ocho Cinco or like someone in that vein um, even Aguilar did until he got hurt did more than what I thought he was born it's done way more than I thought he was going to do. That kind of leads me to my point of why I don't think he'll finish wide receiver two. He has a good chance to come in close, but it's because of the wide receivers that are on that team. He has a lot of, not competition, I think he's the best receiver on the team as far as physical traits and ability. There's too many of the same same hats on the same team as far as possessions and what they the attributes are, and I don't think that will work well for him. But if for whatever reason, because again, with this NFL, if if they lock in together, they become Ebony and Ivory. 
he has a good shot. <laughs> but Bourne is I like that. Bourne is a great talent. Uh, I think Bourne ascended from from the time in the 49ers to the Patriots. He's he did. Player. He yeah, definitely did. I find a little concerning that the Patriots doesn't have an offensive coordinator. I'm not sure how y'all feel about it, but I think people are trying to be the smartest person in the room and it's going to end up backfiring. I, I really think Bill Belichick needs to start to develop other talent as if he won't be there forever and not just do this. Oh, I can do it all type situation. Because, I mean, people are actually thinking they don't have office coordinator. We had the draft. Like, you don't think that's kind of alarming? I don't think they're going to get one. I think that um, Bill Belichick is going to be the overseer. And then he's going to have uh, Joe Judge, who isn't the offensive coordinator by title. I think he's still going to end up being the play caller and he's going to end up being the coach that handles the majority of the offense. And then what's the other coach? The one that was the head coach of the Lions. Can't remember his name. Patricia. Patricia. I think Matt Patricia is going to kind of be a go between. He's going to kind of be the person that he he's going to get a few things done on defense and he's going to get a few things done on offense. They're just kind of putting together a hodgepodge group that Belichick trusts more so than has talent in a particular type of uh, coaching. Yeah, sound like disaster to me. Hmm. We'll see real soon. Yeah, who has a And I'm not saying you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just, just it's like you just put, now you got defensive coaches. I mean, I understand a coach is a coach. A lot of people think if you can coach football, you can coach football. But if your specialty has been defense all this time, like now you're trying to coach offense, it's kind of strange. Who has a better year, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster or McCole Hardman? Juju. The same reason that Myers with the Patriots is going to have a good year regardless of what happens with anybody else. It's just he's going to be the cog that kind of keeps it moving. I think Kelsey, he won't get as many of those across the middle balls. I think that'll be Juju's territory. They're going to need Kelsey to kind of fill in with some of those downfield plays that they lost with getting rid of Tyreek Hill. So I can see Kelsey being the big play guy, not only the big play guy, but I think that's going to be more so of his thing this year. I I want to say it is Juju on top. Just to add to what Zay was saying, I think also as far as touchdowns, Juju is, is heavily favored as a, a nice threat in the touchdown. It doesn't look that way, but in the red zone, if you look back, he has a really uh, high frequency of getting a lot of targets inside the 12 or the 10, excuse me. So I think that bodes well for him capitalizing on that. Cole just not ready yet, in my personal opinion. All right. R- Rashard Penny, is this guy an RB2 this year? I believe that Penny can definitely be an RB2. Again, just as we were saying with some of the others, barring injury. Penny is one of those guys that we kind of saw what he could do at the end of the year, but we've also seen since his rookie year the propensity to get nicked up and have one of those, you know, lower extremity injuries, which obviously sidelines a running back. I also believe that Seattle is in prime position based on the trades that they made and the uh, accumulation of picks. They can't leave this draft without at least one running back, and then probably decently high as far as running backs go, as far as where they're going to be drafting them, but even if Penny is healthy all year there's no way you go with just that one guy dj dallas ain't it carson's still trying to recover from the neck surgery so he that ain't it I, I, there's no way i would leave this draft without getting at least a guy in the you know third fourth round minimum which could change pennies out just depending on how that no 100 percent. i think penny actually has a chance to be the starter and that was the intentions when we drafted him and spent the first round pick on him but to your point we definitely gonna look in the draft to get somebody i'm hoping that we can get um jerome ford and I'll kind of go over him a little bit later. He has all the heat. This is his best opportunity because I really think as far as how I forget my own players, but as far as his injury, it's almost like Cam Chancellor, how bad that neck injury is. 
Like it's really bad. It could be retired. Yeah. Carson is one of those people, just like Cam, you can't really count him out until he says that to count him out, you know. I could see his ass uh leaving his stadium with his thumb up. He need to go ahead and retire, man. Don't play around with that neck. Yeah, that that um, that and look, and here's the thing about that neck. That's if you're able to raise that thumb. So please don't play around with that. Like, right. like you you talking life. Like you you had yeah. to get paid by now. I mean, I hope you ain't spend all your money, but if I'm the Seattle Seahawks, I'm releasing this dude. Be honest with you. I'm not I don't want to be held accountable for something like that. Facts. You gotta Facts. I mean, I just don't wanna sometimes you gotta save people from themselves and I wouldn't be invested in nothing like that because that could be bad. Y'all right, y'all both right. Allen Robinson is Allen Robinson a wide receiver too this year. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I feel like that was a good part to uh, a good place to go to kind of rejuvenate himself. Barring injury, he would have been one of the top uh, wide receivers, in my personal opinion, had he not got hurt all early on in Jacksonville. The Bears just shitted on him and underutilized him and put horrendous talent around him. I mean, Trubisky could have been good. I think he was held back by Nagy, but I think he going to hit it with uh, Stafford. C.D. Lamb. Will C.D. Lamb finish a top five wide receiver? Hell no. Top five? That's a that's a pretty tall task. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't see him being top five. Hell to the no. What about top eight? I can see him coming in around. I, I can see him being a wide receiver one and coming in around twelve. God dang it, Zay! I'm I sort of guy. I literally had that in my head. <laughs> I, don't even, I think he has astronomical talent. But the thing is, I don't think he's had enough opportunity as far as the NFL level to kind of learn the nuances of the game. Amari Cooper gave him the opportunity to be Lamb comfortably. Now you got to be the number one dog down in and down out. And I, I, we got to see him. I definitely can see this being another Juju Smith-Schuster scene where he's now placed in the number one seat and it's not looking the same. Because like you said, right, like you said, in some of them games that Amari was out and he got that number one coverage and it was rolled his way. The production wasn't quite the same. In a whole season of that, I could definitely see him, people being high on him just like they were on Juju when he came out, you know, and then it, it just not translating on the field. So I think it's actually going to fall. To piggyback off of that real quick, I think a value in this year's draft is going to be one Mr. Michael Gallup. He's the wide receiver that Dak already has a rapport with. He's the go get it, go down the field, big play guy as well. Sure hands. I, I really feel like Gallup is going to be slept on, and then he's going to be traded for by week two or three by a whole lot of fantasy players. And you can get him and be the one doing the trading instead of the trading for. And to that's, me, that's, I, that's I how I feel it, about Gallup. And, and to me, I think it's going to be Dalton Schultz. You know oh, I mean? love Schultz too. Yeah. Red zone is going to be Schultz for sure. Yeah, I think Schultz Please is going to be the, that. the guy. I think he's going to be the guy this year. He now this could be a sneaky guy who can very well push top five tight end in my list. I think oh, he could I, push it. I'm 100%. I, I don't even think it's sneaky. I, I don't think it's sneaky. I, I think he he could mess around and be – I think he'll come in four or five because of those top tight ends, mm-hmm. I can see minimally one of them being injured for a decent amount of time between Waller and Kittle. In my opinion right now, I think Schultz can end up right behind Kyle Pitts at number five in my personal ranking. Now, I don't think you have to draft him there, but that's where I think he can end up end of season. Yeah. I mean, he's currently, like, in a lot of leagues, he's ranked, like, the eighth best tight end. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, maybe it's not as sneaky, but I just think a lot of people, he'd be overlooked when it comes to tight end. 
I think it's a couple of tight ends that's after him currently on rankings that when people are in the heat of it will draft before him because they're more uh, th- their names they're more comfortable with if you will mm-hmm. like I could see somebody drafting a Dallas Goddard before him just because they know the name but they have Dallas Goddard like ranked they have Dallas Goddard ranked ahead of him on a lot of things like oh wow some of the guys oh. that you see behind him <laughs> is uh, Dawson Knox Gronk Fire yeah. uh Henry Ertz and the Jaseki those guys yeah, so. I, Irv Smith is probably ranked. Yes, for sure. Is, is Irv Smith ranked before or after him? Wait, way after. That, those Irv. are the two guys that I think you can get that you'll be more than good to go in your tight end room, and you don't have to spend a lot of capital on them. You can spend capital in other places. Oh, God. That's going to be my strategy in year round this year. Just try to fill up all the other skill positions, and then wait till the value makes sense, and then draft them. So this person want to know, who do they, who should they draft, Gabriel Davis or Michael Pittman? I'm going to say Davis. I, I got Pittman. Because for me, like, don't get me wrong, I love Gabriel. Don't get me wrong. But I think uh, with Michael Pittman, we're just scratching the surface with how good he's going to be. And I think the benefit to that is now you have Matt Ryan coming in there. He's going to get that guy the ball for real, for real. I can definitely see that. The only reason I say Davis is I'm looking at the combination of talent, possible ceiling, and then I'm also looking at where the player would be drafted. And I honestly believe that in the offense that Buffalo is going to be running with the talent that Davis has also being the second guy. So not having that number one coverage on him, I believe that he can end up giving you just a little bit more value than Pittman. Pittman has been, you know, he's he's been in the league for a couple of years now. And he hasn't wowed me just yet. Even some other receivers that are in a similar position as far as not really having that much of a number two wide receiver or another number one on the team, kind of like, let's say, for instance, A.J. Brown, uh, that type of a guy. He's still shown me what he is without anyone else being on the field. Pittman is kind of, you know. He's, he's here and there, but you brought up a good point. Now that he has Matt Ryan, maybe that's what kind of propels him to the next level. I would just say this day too, not to stay too long on Pittman. I just think we never seen him targeted enough for us to say what he definitively is. But when he gets the ball, he is an alpha when he gets the ball. He is physical. He's aggressive. He's looking to make plays because he's watching JT touch the ball more than 75% of the time. So he got to shine somewhere. And, that, and that's not going to change. That That's, that's one of the... Like, I don't think the quarterback is going to change the scheme. But I think with Wentz, I think the difference between Wentz and Ryan is Ryan is going to is going to hit his receivers. He's not going to, you know, be scattered for it. He's not going to be trying to make a play. He, you know, as far as, like, running with the ball. Ryan loved Roddy White. You go to Julio. Even before Julio and Roddy, it was somebody else there. He just – he loves the big receiver, and I think that's going to play into Pittman taking off this year. But also, real quick, Gabriel Davis, for me, he has, like, all those skill sets, but Jamison Crowder is the only reason mm. he's going to have to pause. Good call. Good that's call. the only reason. Good call. I, 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 call. That's Good the call. only reason, bro. Good call. Good call. I, I, I formally changed my vote. Good call. Great call. If Crowder messes around and gets the same love that Beasley got with that talent, you got to – Crowder was the number one receiver in the garbage-ass Jets team for three years in a row. Yes, yes. If he can mess around and get that love, that, that's another guy. Huge value. Huge value. I'm telling you. That's one of those guys that you can have on your bench. Trade someone with a, a bigger name, get another position, and feel and that guy will fill in admirably right behind him with no problem. That's another one of those guys I'm going to be hunting for at the end of the draft. Facts. Now, real quick, I do agree that um, Matt Ryan, like the bigger wide receivers, I can remind you like a guy like Brian Finnegan. 
Sure, I remember him. Yes, um, that's who I was thinking about. Yes, yes. Yeah, I just want to see who he kind of like has a more of a chemistry with because, of course, sometimes you think, okay, this is the best talent. He's going to hit these guys. They got to hit it off. But I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, you got Paris Campbell coming back. I know he's more of a speed guy. That could be his Ridley. And it he could stays be. hurt all the damn time. Yeah. Like, like they... Since he left Ohio State. Matter of fact, when he was at Ohio State, like I mean, like he stayed hurt more than Debo. Like, seriously. Like, honestly, for real, for real. And then you have the kid Ashton uh, Dullin or whatever. I don't know. He, he's kind of like a mystery. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not even familiar with him yet. Yeah. He's the, the um, guy with the dreads. He played a little bit this year. I don't know if his last name is Dullin or Doolin, but his name is yeah, Ashton. He's, he's a project. He has a lot of – he's like 6'5", 270. Right. He runs he, like a 4'4". Yeah, he's somebody, he's somebody to watch. And I've seen some little um, clips of them training. He was thrown to this guy a lot on a lot of those clips. So uh, Another that, one of those guys that you might be able to put at the, the tail end of your bench, if he develops any type of rapport with Mo Ali Cox, who's kind of the only tight end in town now, another huge guy. His nickname is Gigantor. I think he's actually bigger than the guy that you were just mentioning. That red zone, you know, maybe that's another guy you put at the tail end of your bench at, at that tight end position and just sees what happens. You know? And also, who's no. calling these plays? They OC. That's going to definitely matter because we've seen Matt yeah. Ryan be great MVP status and we've seen Matt Ryan just be okay. So, And normally, matters. just to throw out the history in that, Matt Ryan is normally pretty bad in the first year of a new offense, and then he sets it on fire the next year. That's kind of been his MO. So, you know, who knows? But just saying, that, that's kind of been his thing. And last but not least, uh, which quarterback do you draft, Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields? Mm, go first, Joe. I'm going to go Trevor Lawrence because I already, already said he's my um... – Already like uh, talked about on one of our shows. He has all the right personnel from Getsy to Hackett. Forgot who's the passing the passing coordinator. He has from all three levels. He has all the right people. Not Hackett. What's the guy who went there from the Eagles? All of them pretty much are all QB oriented and have won. You know, been a part of Super Bowl teams. I think Trevor. He didn't have the supporting cast coming into the league, and he really underwhelmed with the weapons around him and also the talent around him. But now they. They jettisoned that with Peterson. There we go. Getting Peterson and then their their offensive uh staff. I love all their all their coordinators and QB coaches and passing coordinators. So I might have to go with Lawrence. But also too, I gotta put out there for the fans. The Bears did the same thing. So but I just like Lawrence for whatever reason. I'm going to go with the Lawrence. So I wanted to get the objective opinion out there first. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I got to go with my boy, my Buckeye, Justin Fields. Now, a part of that is because he is a Buckeye, but the objective part of it is if we look at fantasy history, just looking, again, just fantasy, not looking at wins and losses in the NFL and things of that nature. When you have that floor based on being able to run the ball effectively more often than not, it tends to make you a fantasy standout because you never have to depend on the pass. He's a better passing Lamar, faster Lamar Jackson, if, if I can put any type of a picture in your head. Now, they don't run the same offense that that Baltimore runs, but he is a better passer of the ball for sure, and he is documentedly faster. So... You, you do with that what you will. But I, I think that call out uh, for the listeners is actually really good because now those are two people that I'm honestly going to think about towards the latter end of the draft because I might go QB early and then, like I said, best available for the longest as possible. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think we see the same quarterback next year. And I did butcher the coordinator, so I'm going to kind of correct myself. With the Jaguars, they got uh, Jim Bob Cooter and Mike McCoy passing coordinator and offensive coordinator. And then the Bears got Getsy 
and Andrew Janko, Janico. And they don't people might not know the last name, but trust me, he is a phenomenal QB coach. So they they wreck both teams rectified the quarterbacks not having the right tutelage. It all comes down to the talent, honestly, on the field next year. But also want to throw out there too. This year, Lawrence did run the ball, in fact, quite a little bit. Not to the same mobility and escapability we might see Fields put on next year. I just want to throw it out there. He do run the ball and look to score with the ball. I cashed in on a couple props with him last year. All right, for the main part of the show today, we are going to be talking about the quarterbacks and the running backs that are going to be taking over your television on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday evening. And our guy, the rookie extraordinaire, bro Joe, is going to get us started with that. And I'm telling you, it's time to pull out a pad and pen as it pertains to rookies. It's look, it's the reason that 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 we are the trio that we are is because there's no one else that I've ever played fantasy against that I would say is as good or better than me than Vander. And as it pertains to rookies and as it pertains to the setup of teams, there's no one that I've seen do it better than Bro Joe. So pull out your pen, your pad, or get ready to re-listen to this a little bit later on. But I'm telling you, he's going to be on point with his rookie. Let's get it. Yeah, so what I want to point out as far as uh, year-round, I don't, as of right now, see prospect that's going to pertain to year-round. Um, the main thing, too, going back to what we said earlier in the show, why people are wanting to trade back, there's no definitive franchise quarterback. What I mean by that, the Andrew you know, Andrew Locke kind of situation, um, the Herbert. Trevor Lawrence, even. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's the main reason why, too. We have some great quarterbacks, so I'm going to run through these. We're going to get this knocked out. So, again, people that's year-round, we're going to have to take that approach that we're not going to look at them. This is mainly – this part is focused on my dynasty guys as far as the quarterbacks. There is some upside with them, but I'd rather wait to after the draft when we do, like as we said, the recap show. First up, you got Kenny Pickett, 6'3", 217, four-year starter, 42 touchdowns, ACC record for most passing touchdowns in the season. Okay, so Kenny is going to be, to me – the most QB ready. So this is somebody who I think can be a starting quarterback from day one. I like everything about him. You're going to see that he's a great passer. He doesn't have the, the cannon of an arm, but he has great trajectory and great velocity with his passes. He might actually go to Seattle. You know, people keep saying Willis. The only knock with him is his hands. But we've seen, you know, people play obviously to a, a good standard with that. Uh, Matt Ryan, Phillip Rivers, you know what I mean? The people who always wore gloves anyway. Um, and just so you guys understand what he's referring to, he has smaller hands than what they like to see in a prototypical quarterback. And, I'm, you know, when you go to the draft, they kind of they, – they stop looking at the football that you've played and just start looking at measurables. So that's what he's referring to. Right. I think um, for him as far as dynasty, if you need a quarterback, you have to start with him because he's the most QB ready. Um, I can't wait to talk about him more depending on what team he goes to. Next up, you got Desmond Ritter of Cincinnati, 6'3", 11, about the same size. This guy, uh, strong work ethic, character, 44 career wins, four-year starter. That's something else that you're seeing as a trend. These guys have been in college for four years, and normally when you've been in college for that long, that means that you needed that extra year to still prove yourself. So, Again, which is why everybody's kind of pushing back. But um, yeah, four or five speed. So he does have uh, some jets on him to a certain extent. Not, he, he's not a runner, but he can run. 
Oh, yeah. I love him a lot. I think with him, too, I think he's more one of those educational guys who stayed really to get his degree. And furthermore, they were building something big there in Cincinnati as far as the program. I like everything about him. I know I mentioned Pickett is somebody who's cute, like uh, who's ready day one. Same thing is with Desmond Ritter. This kid is ready to go. Uh, what I like about him is that he has the arm talent. He's a winner, and that's one of the things with his interviews. He said it like I'm the best QB because I'll, I'll go out and win games. Pretty much summarizing what he said, and also he's third most in uh, FBS wins with 44. So he's third as far as wins. So that's how much as a competitor he is. I'm high on him because again, this draft is about more so a fit or who a team likes. He could be the first quarterback to go. But keep in mind, he's definitely ready. If he goes to Pittsburgh, bro, okay, that okay. offense is gonna go fucking crazy. Because he do, has. Do you think he would end up beating out Trubisky uh, oh, prior to the end of this year? Okay, okay. I think because we seen, you know, we see him with his resurgence with the um, the Bills, but Desmond Ritter, he's he gets football, and his arm is way better than Pickett's. I think the reason why I have him second is because Pickett really played in a traditional pro-style offense, and he's more, you know, so I think he can pick up, I think Kenny Pickett, you can put him in any type of offense. Ritter is the guy who I think can play similar to, but I think you'd have to fit a little bit into his skill set for him to progress as a great quarterback, if that makes sense. And you had Malik Willis of Liberty, 6-1-2-19, Pickett has the highest floor amongst these quarterback prospects, as well as has the highest ceiling. It's kind of the consensus uh, amongst the talking heads, if you will. So highest ceiling, but that also means that there could be a trap door and you end up getting someone who is Geno Smith. But go ahead. Exactly. Now, I do want to point out he had 23 starts in the last two years. For that, he was a spot starter. You know, he played a couple games, two games, I think it's freshman year, four games and sophomore. Like you said, highest ceiling. He passed the shorts test, obviously. Senior bowl, he was like, meh. Um, short test, he did wow. You know, obviously we saw the bomb that was on most syndications and stuff like that. Willis, I said Lamar Jackson quite a bit, and I want the viewers to understand how I hope the context is understood. He has the workmanship and the pedigree of a Lamar Jackson to where in time, I think he can get better year to year. As far as it being prevalent to dynasty, you have to be somebody who's already good at quarterback because his downside is, like you said, he might have a bad year this year. He might not project to winning you any games, but he is somebody you would want to have on you know, your team because, again, he has that Lamar Jackson pedigree to where he's going to definitely get better. His work ethic, very, very, very strong. He's a strong character guy, definitely a strong leader. So that's somebody you get if you squared away a quarterback. So we're going to go into the honorable mentions next. I got Sam Howell and Matt Cole. With Sam Howell, we got 6'1", A lot of these guys are right around the same size. And his numbers kind of declined a little bit. Uh, he was a little bit more in the upper echelon prior to this year. But what you got on Sam? So with Sam Howell, I liked him a lot. He's one of those people, like you said, during the college season, he looked a little bit off. But I also want to point out, he also lost Javante Williams, Michael Carter, Deami Brown, and Daz Newsom. So pretty much his two starting receivers, his two prolific running backs in the system were gone this year. And we, we saw, like you said, a little bit of that regression. But these last two players, I'm going to call the Baker guys because 
they are similar to Baker as far as size and skill set, but it can traject either way. Sam had a phenomenal senior bowl. He really stood out to me. Just assimilate himself to the offense, picking everything up. He's a very high football IQ. That's why he made it to my notables because he's in that Malik uh, situation where he can get better as years go on. But I honestly would want to preface that also, too, that he can be beaten out. So I don't think he's going to go somewhere and be a starter. He will compete to be a starter. And I just don't like his throwing motion. I think you're going to hear that a lot. Despite having a high football IQ, he just takes too long to throw the ball. And I think that's going to lead to a lot of sack fumbles in the NFL, also a lot of interceptions. So I would like to see him work on that in the NFL relative to Dynasty. He is somebody with the upside. If he goes to the right team, like if that team appeals to you, say a New Orleans Saints, if Winston gets hurt, I don't think he could take it back from how how's that, you know, savvy of a player and smart as a player. I think he'll hold on to that job. That's the kind of situation I see for Howell. For Matt Coral, I had to throw him in here. Again, this is the Baker, the Baker guys. Same build, skill set, um, numbers. Matt Cole just, he just is a leader. Like, I don't think he's, when I say Baker Mayfield, I'm not saying his antics. I'm saying, oh, coming out of Oklahoma, it all looks the same. The velocity, the trajectory, they can throw all the throws. It looks all nice and shorts and on what they say in the media. Matt Cole is really a leader of leaders. I like that about him. Very competitive. Both of these guys get it done on the run. Um, I don't favor either of these. With them, these are people, these are names with Sam Howell and Matt Coral. You just keep it in your back of the head. Watch where they go. And you're going to get them for free, more, more likely than not. Those one of the things you just got to kind of evaluate them for yourself and then know when to pounce on them. If it goes to, they depend on what team, it goes to the same. Well, we don't know about Winston. I'm grabbing this guy for free and we'll see what happens. That's how I look at those two quarterbacks. Look at where they go. They're okay to me. But they give me those Baker vibes, so I'm kind of nervous. And I believe that wraps up the quarterbacks. Starting out with the running backs. Now, these guys are going to be a little bit more intriguing to me just because unlike the quarterbacks, several of these guys are going to be starting somewhere this year. And more often than not, there's one or two rookies that come out of nowhere that end up putting up fantasy numbers that you pretty much got for free that are in comparison to the top notch guys. And they end up being, you know, there's normally a rookie somewhere in the top five to 10 running backs that that you could have just gotten for free. So I'm definitely interested in hearing what you have to say about these guys. And then especially when once we see where they end up going, I believe first on your list, Brees Home, Iowa State, 5'11", 217. I rushed for 3,044 yards and 41 touchdowns while adding 59 receptions for 482 yards and five touchdowns through the air over the past two seasons. The former Cyclone is a patient runner with outstanding vision and contact balance. What do you got on this guy? I love him, man. Right now, I'm at five in the draft. Mm -hmm. And this only, I'm sorry to speak about I Dynasty, but I think he might be the number one pick now that dude made the trade. In the, so to go into, so? oh, I think so. What I like about this kid, he doesn't have the allure of a Saquon, a Zeke, or a JT. He has all of the makeup. What I mean by that, like you said, I have him at 6'1", 220. 
He ran a four three nine forty as a big dude. That motherfucker got wills, okay? Like when this, when he's for one, I see him coming into the league, and it's not he's gonna he's not gonna regress. He's gonna show up to the league with his hard hat. Uh, this guy is really physical. He's his like like everything he broke down. Very instinctual runner, home run runner at that. He just plays no games. Even his like interviews at the combine, he knows he's the best running back in his grouping. I'm he's one of those guys. I think he's gonna go in the second round as far as year round draft especially dependent on team i love this guy i'm gonna say that now like if you ever got a chance i don't want to put give jonathan taylor vibes because jonathan taylor is a generational talent but i mean somebody who's going to come out of nowhere and explode on the scene that's what you're getting with Brees hall i'll say that and you guys got to look at the highlights and you'll see he's a unique runner that we don't see that often unless you're talking about the higher names like a, a zeke a saquon um a JT, you know, so the, I, I like him, man. Next up, you had Kenneth Walker the third out of Michigan State. Uh, he's 5'9", 211, 211 pounds. And I honestly thought that this guy was the best running back in college uh, football. He's, he's powerful. He's He reminds me of uh, old school running back with a new school twist because he can you know, hit the edge. He's capable of catching the ball as well. 4-3 speed at the combine. I mean, like, I, I watch a lot of Big Ten, you know, football because I'm a Buckeye. But <laughs> for, for, for my money, in the NFL, they're about the same size, but Walker just plays bigger. I don't know what it is. He's just, but yeah, that's that's my guy. We got Walker. He's tough as nails. I like that about him. What they're going to say about Kenneth Walker is that with Brees Hall, he can be running back one. It's no one B with him, in my personal opinion. With Walker, I think he might go to a team with a 1A, 1B, and that's my only nerve with him. He can do, like you said, he's very physical inside, outside runner. Great receiver. People don't know that about him. He's a phenomenal uh, receiver out of the backfield. He's going to pass. He passes the eye test for me as well at five. Just like putting it out for you know for people in dynasty, it's realistically he's gonna go between one and five, and I'm blessed to be in five. So hopefully he falls to me. Knock on wood. Yeah, he's a great talent. The first pick is Brees. He ain't gonna fall to you. I just thought I put that out there. <laughs> That's what I'm, <laughs> I'm just being real. I, I love Kenneth Walker. He's a, a big sleeper, huge sleeper. Next up, you got Isaiah Spiller. Isaiah Spiller from Texas A&M, six feet, 217 pounds. Uh, he didn't run at the combine, so we don't have an official 40 on him. I'm not sure if he did anything at his pro day as far as that was concerned, but the report I have is just going on the combine. But 946 rushing yards, 20 receptions each year of his college career. And he won't turn 21 until August. So if you're looking at, um, you know, a dynasty guy, this 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 guy is the youngest of the young. Yes. And what I'll say with Isaiah Spiller is, believe it or not, and I think people might, it's one of those things you might play it back and I might be extremely wrong or I might be extremely right. <laughs> Isaiah Spiller has the most upside out of all three. He's not going to pass this. Like people got to look at his numbers. It's going to look skewed. Oh, a thousand yards, six touchdowns. But at Texas Tech, they have uh, Devon Akane, and that dude is like a track star. So it was two different skill sets, so to speak, where they used the other guy as the home run threat, and Isaiah Spiller was exposed to you know obvious down. 
But to have that kind of productivity and people know you're getting the ball, knowing you're the guy, it's amazing. What's going to appeal to people is that he's young, but he's also a hard worker. So I think that translates really well to the NFL, where I don't think he's going to – he's well-rounded to – he can block already, he can run already, et cetera, and so forth. But he's going to get better at the NFL level, and that's scary because, like you said, he's only 20 years old. He has the upside of being the top back because I think he's the most natural runner versus his ta- like uh, his at his physical talents as college level. I think it's heavily skewed because he played with the like I said a, a track star at running back. So Isaiah Spiller is somebody to me who will go probably in the second round. It's obvious as far as dynasty, he's going to reach the second round, probably like the middle of the back end, probably early because I just think how Sleeper might um, evaluate him. He'll mm-hmm. be one of those people in the queue to go in the second round. He's going to be a 1A, 1B situation. That's why in the show, like, for example, the Texans, I think he goes to the Texans, and that is huge upside for him. Like, a team that needs a running back, that has a plethora of running backs, I can definitely see him taking over the reins on those teams. So that's Isaiah Spiller. I put a considerable amount of time into him, but I have to stress the upside to him. As far as year-round draft, I'm not going to look at him, depending on team, until probably the back half of the draft, probably where the names become irrelevant. So probably 9 through you know, 14, I might take a flyer on him because I think 15 is when the names don't make sense. And then by that time, the rookies be ranked higher than the, the remaining players that he might go past 12 or to 14. Yeah, you had Damian Pierce as the last man up. And then you had a couple of notables there. Florida running back, 5'10", 218. This guy, size, strength, he can carry the load. Uh, he's exceeded 106 carries in all of his playing seasons at Florida. So that can be a, a great thing. It can be a bad thing as far as longevity is concerned. But it does show that he can shoulder the load without you know having to worry about you know injury and thing of things of that nature. What do you have on this guy? So what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna call, I'm gonna call uh, Audible, right? I'm gonna put Zamir White as my number four. I'm I was gonna, gonna do- mention him if you didn't. Georgia running back, I'm Zamir th- White. Yeah, I, I actually was looking at him as well. A uh, six foot two fourteen, uh, running back out of Georgia. Uh, oh, so one a, of the running backs out of Georgia. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta put him up here. Obviously, I'm a Georgia. Uh, you know, fan, big fan of Georgia. Zamir White is one of those guys as far as dynasty. I'm heavily waiting on what team he goes to. He was riddled with injury in college. Let's be honest. That's what takes a lot of people off of him and makes James Cook the more of a name. But let's not get it twisted, though. Zamir White, when healthy, to me, he would have been a top five back had he remained healthy and was able to get the touches in the offense that was necessary. Georgia is trying to become Alabama of the world. So they're just trying to spread them, you know, because it's so nuanced us, this is new. They're just delegating carries to a plethora of people. But don't get it twisted. Zamir White is that guy. He is somebody as far as dynasty who might be in the second to third round. But depending on team, I am jumping on this guy as somebody. I don't expect him to be the starter. But what I do expect him to be is somebody to take a flyer out on because if by barring injury or year two or even sometime on the second half of the season, he could submit somebody and be utilized in the offense, whether as a starter or barring injury or even split carries with somebody. So he's one of those guys, again, as far as dynasty, second to third round. As far as year round, 
I'm not touching him in year round, depending on where he goes. Like he's one of those guys. If we know he could be a clear path to a number two, I might draft him in round 14, but I'm not going to spend too much time on him in year round. But as far as dynasty, he does have some upside to where for me in the third round, I might take a I might take a jab at him. Definitely with one of my third round picks. And then to go to Damian Pierce, Florida guy, numbers doesn't speak to him as far as what how I look at him at the next level. He is a physical dude. This motherfucker is physical. I like his running style, Punisher, bruising running back. He's a fine blocker, really good blocker. And I think he is going to project really well. I don't want to say NFL ready because I think instinctually most runners sometimes have that wall when they come to the NFL level. But I do like him as a 1B, similar to Zamir for the same reasons. Somebody, well, actually, with Damian Pierce, he might go into the second round of Dynasty, but most likely third. He's another guy I'm going to jump to take a flyer on because for those same reasons, he could definitely be utilized a lot. He could be a goal line back, a two down back, and barring if with injury, he might come into the fold. I want to call Zamir White and Damian Pierce. A.J. Dillon kind of guys, where it's like they have the upside to be utilized in a 45-55 kind of way or 50-50, and in the right situations be a starting back year two if they project well through the first season. And that wraps up your rookie preview. Next Monday, we're going to actually be able to give you information based on what has happened. Right. Not only that, we will have a Tales from a Dynasty segment because this coming Sunday is going to be our Dynasty of Records, our rookie draft. So we'll be able to have a little bit of fun there, see who did what, where, see, I go over anything that was kind of puzzling or things that kind of <laughs> went left when we thought it was going to go right. I mean, then we'll definitely be able to discuss all of the guys that you're kind of saying, wait, wait a minute. What about this guy? What about that guy? Well, there's some guys that aren't even really worth going that deep into until we know where they are. And then we can give you a better prognosis of what we think may happen. After that show, we're going to start to break down the NFL division by division with our fantasy outlooks. We're going to go through all 32 teams. Each show will go through one division and then we'll get you up to date on your news and any other, you know, little, you know, rapid fire 10, you know, maybe there's a tale from a dynasty segment, things of that nature that'll kind of go into there, but we're going to go through each team. So you'll have a full and all encompassing view of where we see the values, where we see the increases, the decreases, and we're going to get you ready for this year. I promise you, uh, these next several shows are going to be what sets us and you apart this coming year. So make sure you stay tuned, tell a friend, and look, don't be selfish. I know you found a gym. You found a jewel. I get it. You know, our natural instinct when we find a gym is to put it in a safe. You know, I'm going to keep this to myself, but do us a favor and tell a friend and then just have them join a different league or something like that. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you don't want to be so much better than everybody else that, that fantasy isn't fun anymore. So tell a friend. You know, our, our information is good for everybody. I was the guy who didn't know who Saquon was, who didn't know who Zeke was, and then I watched them light the NFL up. Don't be that guy anymore. Tune into the show, and then even after the draft, we'll be able to, like you said, put everything together, stack it up, see how is it relevant to fantasy, and have a more in-depth conversation. If you in year-round, this is where you're making your money just by remembering the names. That's why it's so important to tune into what me, Vander, they are saying, because we're helping you set up 
So when August come around, you're not looking through your new, you know, your notes. You're not going out to buy a $20 football guy. We're giving you all the, the names and know-hows right now. So it's relevant by the, you know, by August to so tune in. And, and there you have it. We out.